I'd like to turn this morning to the book of Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, and look at verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Jeremiah had been prophesying to these people about God's coming judgment. And there was a warning here. Don't boast. The word glorious here, probably in our vernacular today, we would use the word boast or rejoice in or, or, or make a big deal. Don't, don't glory. Don't think your wisdom is going to protect you. Don't depend on your wisdom. Don't depend on your might. And don't think your riches are going to buy you through. But for the one who glories, one who boasts, boast in this, boast in the Lord, that you know me. In our day today, there are those who think they're so smart they can get through anything. I'm here to tell you, no matter how smart you may think you are, Sometimes the very smartest people realize how much they don't know. But no matter how smart you think you are, don't think that will get you through. Depend on the Lord. It says here, Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. I was thinking about David and Goliath. Now, Goliath was truly mighty. He really was. And we think he was probably about nine feet tall. Big guy. And he knew how to fight. He was a champion, a veteran warrior. Not only that, he had some awesome weapons. They talk about his spear being like a weaver's beam. And how big his shield was. And how big his sword was. And all this armor that he had. He had so much armor and so many fighting tools that he had to bring along an armor bearer to help him carry it all. And then there was David. Young kid. No fighting experience. His weapons were a stick. And five smooth stones... And a shepherd's and a shepherd's sling. When Goliath saw David, he thought they were mocking him. I think he was insulted that they would send somebody like David out to fight him, because after all, he was so mighty. And who was this kid? But see, while Goliath gloried or boasted in his might, David boasted in his God. I heard someone say one time that while all the world was looking to see how big Goliath was, 
David was out there looking to see how big his God was. And see, if you can keep your eyes on how big God is, you have something. When we start to think that we can make it through or on our own, or we've got things figured out, or somehow we're going to make things on our own, folks, we're headed for a fall. But when our eyes are on Jesus Christ, good things will happen. It says here, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Jesus told a parable about a rich man whose crops brought forth so plenteously that his barns couldn't hold all the goods, all the wealth. And so this rich man said to himself, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, I'll build bigger ones, I'll put all that I have in it, and then I will say to my soul, soul, you have things laid up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. You know, there's no problem if the Lord blesses you. That's a good thing, I think. But when we start to put our hope and our confidence in the money we have, that's a bad thing. This man thought he had it all figured out. He thought he had his retirement taken care of. He thought he was good for a long, long time. But God said, no. Today, your soul will be required of you. Be careful how much confidence you put in your money. God's blessed you. Be thankful. But don't put your confidence there. Put your confidence in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Make the Lord your strength. Wherever you're at this morning, you can do that. Whether you have a lot or little. Whether you're brilliant or whether you're not. Whether you're mighty or whether you're not. We can all put our confidence in the Lord because He's greater than all. 24th verse says here, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Get your eyes on Jesus. Rejoice in something. Depend on something. Depend on the fact that you know the Lord, that He's in your life. I can remember a day many, many years ago. I was just young and I was, actually I was at home, I was in bed. I wasn't big prayer meeting going on. But you know, the Lord came down and he made himself so real to me. I knew all about the Lord before that time. I was raised in a Christian home. I had Christian parents, Christian grandparents. I saw a Christian life lived out before me. I knew what it was like for people to serve the Lord. I believed it. But one day the Lord made himself real to me. You know, you don't catch the Lord. You have to bring Him into your life. You have to ask Him there. doesn't matter how godly mom and dad were or weren't. If you ask the Lord to come into your life, if you open up to Him, He'll come in. And you can know Him. And so it says here, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth. Let's think about this for a minute. What is righteousness? I think the simplest explanation I've ever read, and pardon me if this is too simple, is that God just always does what's right. Made sense to me. But you know, the Lord always keeps His Word. That's something that we can take in our lives and you can just depend on. You can boast about this. You can glory in this. You can rejoice in this. God keeps his word. 
Get your Bible out. Read it. God keeps his word. Even when it seems like things aren't going in the direction that you think they should, God keeps his word. That's part of his righteousness. But you know, another part of his righteousness is that he is completely holy. There is no sin in him. First John 1 John 1.5 says, This then is the message we've received of him. And declare unto you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We have a completely holy God. He's never sinned. He never will sin. Completely and totally righteous. God delights in righteousness. It says here, God, the Lord exercised loving kindness and judgment. You know, I was looking at that. Well, what is judgment? Well, we know the Lord judges. But, but maybe the way that we could understand it best is God exercises justice in the earth. And you may say to yourself, well, I've, I've seen this world a little bit, and there's a lot of injustice going on today. And there is. I, in my work, employ men who work for me. And one of the things that I have learned to do through the years is you don't go into a half-finished project and start critiquing it. Because the minute you say, you know, you should have done that, you should have done this, or this needs to be done over here differently, the guy just say, I'm not done yet. Well, God, in his case, he's not done yet. Justice hasn't all been meted out yet. There will be a day when the small and great will stand before God and books will be opened. And men will be judged for what they've done. People who think they've got away with things find out they haven't got away with things. God's justice will be perfect. Every sin will be accounted for. Every wrongdoing will be taken care of. But you know, we as people, we love justice. When someone does us a wrong, you know, somebody goes and, and damages your house or takes something from you that doesn't belong to you or somehow hurts you, we like justice. We want that person taken care of. We want the justice to come in. I had somebody steal a truck from me a while back, and they asked me, well, do you want the man arrested? I was a little surprised to ask that question, but I'm like, yeah, of course. I don't have anything to worry about. They never caught him. I don't think they even looked for him, if you want to know the truth. But that's neither here nor there. We like justice when we're the victim. But see, the problem is, is that when you're guilty, we really don't like justice. When the one, we're the one who's done wrong, justice isn't so good. What we need then is mercy. And so you take a totally righteous God. One who tolerates no sin. He's pure. He's holy. But the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So if we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God, we don't need justice. We need mercy. Not only that, it says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's a pretty stiff penalty. So what did the Lord do Besides exercising judgment, justice, and righteousness, the Lord gave us loving kindness. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Folks, we all need God's loving kindness. 
God's loving kindness is there. If you want to boast about something, you, know, you can boast about righteousness and that's wonderful. We can boast about God's judgment and his, and his justice. But really, the thing that I rejoice in is His loving kindness. Because personally, that's what I need. I need the Lord's grace in my life. I need the Lord's kindness. I need someone to answer my prayer when I pray it. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You want to talk about a good deal? We give the Lord our sin, and he gives us his righteousness. If you don't recognize that as a good deal, you don't know a good deal. No, the Lord gives us righteousness. But you know that righteousness came at a severe cost because God in his righteousness and in his justice and in his judgment, he couldn't just wink at the sins that we did. He couldn't say, oh, you're my son now. We'll just forget it. No. Somebody had to pay for that sin. And that somebody was Jesus Christ. And he came down and he took my sin and he took your sin and he took it on himself. And he suffered and paid the price for us. Lord Jesus, the only man who never sinned, the only man who didn't deserve judgment, he took the judgment. But you know, he doesn't just leave us there. Look in Philippians 1 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I, I, I like that. You know, it's nice. I can say, Well, the Lord saved me years ago, but I don't have to re- I, I rely on that experience. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't the last experience. Walking with Jesus is a daily thing. Walking with the Lord is an up-to-date thing. Yes, sometimes the Lord gives us wonderful testimonies that we go way back. But our testimony really isn't a whole lot of good unless it's up-to-date today. The Lord's loving kindness. We pray to Him for healing and He heals. We pray the Lord for guidance and He guides. We pray the Lord for our needs and for our wants and for all the things that we come and we lay on Him. And in His loving kindness, He undertakes for us. He's there for us. If you look at 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, it says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. What's the grace of God? Well, it's his loving kindness for one thing. What does it mean that you receive it not in vain? It means you don't receive it for nothing. It's like somebody received a a fantastic inheritance and they just blew it. They just didn't take advantage of it all. Have you ever had an opportunity that you didn't take advantage of and then you regretted it later? We probably all have. But this is one, one grace, one gift that we don't want to miss. Don't take what Jesus Christ has provided for you and not take advantage of it. Don't, don't let the Lord Jesus who died for you and for your sins have done that in your case for nothing. We have to take advantage of it. We have to believe on him. It says in the second verse here, for he hath made it, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you're not here this morning and serving the Lord, you have not received God's grace. You're not taking advantage of his loving kindness. Brother Dave and I, when I 
started to come here, he said, well, what, what kind of theme would we talk about? Well, we looked at Jeremiah 8.20. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. You may think, well, what in the world would that have to do with this sermon? Let me tell you what it has to do with this sermon. God's door of grace is open right now. Now, it's easy for me to come here and preach because I really don't know too many people. So I feel I can just say whatever I want. And because I'm not stepping on your toes on purpose, if I am, because I don't know it. Then just preach the word. So today, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, today's the day. Don't say it's tomorrow. Don't say it's next week. For one thing, we don't know if the door of mercy is going to be open even tonight. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus, today's the day. Whatever you think you're waiting for, don't just put those aside. Now's the time. You may say, I have plans this afternoon. Change your plans. Because that door of grace is wide open. The Lord's loving kindness to you is open to you today. If you feel the Lord speaking to you, consider that a privilege because he's calling. Don't take the idea that, well, I can just come whenever I feel like it because it's just sometimes those times just slip by. But the Lord is calling this morning. Here, if you're watching on the Internet, Lord's calling where you're at. Jesus is real. His loving kindness is real. His judgment is true. But today, the Lord is calling. Do you hear his voice? I I hope so, if you're not saved. If you are saved, we have a lot to rejoice in. We have a wonderful Lord. He loves us just a whole lot. We have his loving kindness. We can rejoice in his righteousness because he's given us some of his righteousness. We can rejoice in his judgment because we know that when we stand before the throne that we're going to hear, well, now I'm a good and faithful servant. Why? Because of what the Lord's done for us. Because of the loving kindness he's given to us. Jesus is real. I'm going to open the altars and sing a song.